0: Everybody and welcome to the podcast. I am your host Darren Baldwin, and I'm joined by my good friend Cliff Graham. Is here with us today. Uh, Cliff travels all over the world. Uh, he's 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 like Johnny Cash. He's been everywhere, man. He's been, been everywhere. Been
1: everywhere how were you? How did you get saved, bro? I was on the beach in Hawaii, uh, watched the coconut come up off the ocean, off the, um, you know the rolling surf. And I noticed that it dissipated, fell apart, perfectly cooperated with each other. Back then, I used to have a tide chart on my watch. Uh, the watch just got sent in somewhere. And um, somehow I had an epiphany. Obviously, we know it was God leading me to where I recognized that every day the sun set at a specific time and it would rise at a specific time the wave sets would come in and when, especially when you're paddling out with larger waves, you wanna know the <coughs> seconds between them because the next set of waves is 10 seconds away or, or 10 seconds away and uh, you don't wanna get pounded. And I realized that there was order. If there was order, there was an order or a creator. And I said, listen, I, I remember sitting on the beach and said, I don't necessarily wanna go to church, but if you got a plan for the coconut, for it to dissipate, fall apart, everything to work together, You might have a plan for me, or you must have a plan for me. Because if we leave all of our stuff, um, our buildings, our cars, our stuff, in 100 years, it's a disaster without caretaking it. And I said, you must have a plan for me. And I tried to negotiate with God. I always say, don't try to negotiate with God. He always wins. I said, but you must have a plan. And if you expose the plan or reveal the plan to me, I will run with it. That's what we've done. What did you do? Get saved right then? No, I had an encounter literally on the beach, and then um, I somebody invited me. Funny enough, to an evangelist speaking at a local church, which it just tended to be not not the visitors, <clears throat> not the tourists. It was just a little Hawaiian type culture church, and uh, at, when you lived in Hawaii, it was the Asian culture that was there, not necessarily Hawaiian. But then someone like me would have gone to a more tourist. And, and like windsurfer, surfer, surfer t- um, uh, outreach, but somehow I got led to this preacher speaking there and it just struck my heart, evangelist. So I went back to visit that little church. It was called Door of Faith and um, it protected me in a couple of ways. There was no, the Asian culture there or the Hawaiian culture, if you want to integrate it that way, they're a little bit more reserved because I was coming to surf and windsurf and I would be in and out of their lives quickly. So they would not develop real strong relationships. So I didn't have an opportunity to get in trouble with the girls. And then the people were a little bit restrained from me, so it gave me an opportunity to really develop my walk with God in church. Mm. And uh, I really believe it was the hand of God. Mm. I'm, I'm talking about design of God to get me to that little church you moved. You moved to Hawaii. You just got like a one-way ticket or something. I bought a one-way ticket first. I tried on my own when I was seventeen. I was a disillusioned young man, and I thought, you know, I'm going to move somewhere. I want to. Li- I want to live. So I bought a one-way ticket to Hawaii, seventeen years old, and uh, checked into the Edgewater Hotel. And people were getting back in those days. the The culture was anti. Um young men like myself and i remember this one guy had gone out somewhere came back and had gotten beat beat up by some some uh uh not so savory characters <laughs> and, and i flew back i said well i'm not sure if that's what i want to do two years later working out a racquetball world going to um college surfing every morning and somebody invited me to go to maui gave me their card and it said so and so and it said uh beachcomber and Two weeks later, I showed up in Kahului with my surfboard, a bag of clothes, and I called her from the airport. "Today, hey, you said come and visit sometime," she goes. "Check yourself into the Hukilau Hotel and get up in the morning and then um, act like you're pathetic on the side of the road because it was against the law in Maui to hitchhike." And so I just stood there. Someone gave me a ride down, and within two weeks, I had a job teaching windsurfing in Maui. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. How long did you live there right then? On on that a, time. That time was almost a year. Oh wow. Almost a year. I mean, it was my first time there, and that's the time when you gave your heart. No, to the Lord, no, 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 no. A couple of years later, in and back and forth between California and Hawaii, um, that's when I was sitting on the on the beach in Kamoli 2. and like I said, I I had an epiphany. I called an encounter with God. I said, if you reveal your plan to me, I will follow it. And he began to unload, un un unfold. Is really the word. That he had something for me to do. And like I said, I visited that little church and something happened to me and I'm like, okay, this is it. This is where we're going. It's crazy. Yeah. It's pretty neat.
0: Awesome. I remember Cliff telling me he lived, he moved to California, lived on the beach. No, like, I mean, Hawaii slept on the beach. Hawaii. Well, I sorry. That's what I meant, Hawaii. Slept on the beach. Well, that was about the
1: third time I went over
0: there. Oh, mama me, this thing's got a third chapter here. Yeah. I don't even know what to say about okay. this. Yeah. But you know, you're the way you lived even in those younger days, that kind of same, you know, style of doing things kind of carried over for you even in ministry. I mean, you kind of, you you kind of, you're not afraid to do and step out, take risks, do the do something different. You know, going to places maybe that may not be super welcoming, et cetera.
1: Don't you think? Well, one of the things when I came to Jesus, I said, you know, I. Didn't know what I was doing going to Hawaii the first time, the second time. And I said, probably I was on the other guy's payment plan. I said, but now that I know you, if you guide me anywhere, I can trust you that you will meet me. And he's done it. NK, opposite of South Korea, uh, Afghanistan, a couple other countries. I took a taxi over another border that... We don't like to talk about too much on the on the internet, but um, I just I knew that if I did this before with the other guy, which we don't want to give him any glory, that if I learned to hear the voice of God anywhere he told me to go, anywhere he told me to 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 research whatever he would meet me there, and he's done it time 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 again. It's pretty powerful, bro. Yeah. Uh,
0: I've always been intrigued uh, with. Not just you, but you and your family have traveled all over the world and just done some really remarkable things for the Lord, and um, it's a blessing, you know, uh, just to see. Um, I was going to ask you, um, just in light of, like, travel, I'd be curious to—maybe some of the listeners would be curious, you know, where's travel at right now, like, with being able to go? and I mean, you do, obviously—
1: uh, in and out trips, uh, you know, in different parts of the world. But what's travel been like? Well, just I think we talked on the last one. I About two months ago, I did 12 days, um, four continents, five PCR tests. I was in Europe. I was in the Middle East. I was in Africa and then back to the U.S. And I think it's more navi- um, navigatable, navigatable. Something like that. Something like that. Um, than what people would really believe. But I do believe that we have a, we've got an inner guide. And if we'll look to him, he can tell you what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. But it takes steps of faith to do it. Hmm. And I, one time you and I were, you were uh, listening to one of our mentors in the faith. And you said, I see what you've been doing all these years, is you did what he did. He went to his state, went to the east, went to the west, went to the south, knocked on doors for ministry. And I said... If you don't learn to do it where you're comfortable, because when all proverbial hits the fan, you want to know you're hearing from God or you're making a mistake. Yeah. And, uh, and then I said that's what it enabled me to fly to other countries that I'd never been to before, is I knew I could do it in a land where I'm safe. Then I could follow his voice in a land that could potentially could be unsafe.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, that's actually pretty powerful. I mean, if you could trust God here... Uh yeah. Where, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, potential persecution, per se, then you can trust the same God over in a place where, you know, somebody was just telling me the other day about travel. Yeah, you know, I don't know about, you know, such and such a country. And I just said, hey, just, you know, you got the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Just be led. Yeah, yeah, Be led. If you don't feel like you need to go there, I mean, that's scriptural. Yep. You know, uh, if you don't feel like you're supposed to be in a certain place at a certain time, you do that, and I'm sure you live that. I used to say this, man. I live and die by the witness, yep. the witness of yep. the Holy Spirit, the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and you want to, you want them to lead you into the good and you want them to lead you out of potential harm, et cetera. And that's kind of how we, we live Romans chapter eight, right? Hopefully. Uh, that's how I live. Yeah. I mean, I, I, wake up in the morning. I'm already tuned into my spirit. I'm listening, yeah. uh, you know, Hey Lord, is there anywhere I need to be, do, you know, somebody I need to call all throughout the day. Yeah. And that's called the witness of the spirit. And that's how, <clears throat> excuse me, how we're led by the spirit. And you've done that for however many years, over 30 years over thirty years in, in ministry. And, you know, Cliff, a lot of people in ministry, uh, they get into the routine of, you know, Hey, we're going to do it this way. We're going to, you know, we're going to have this kind of a style of deal. This is what we're going to preach. And there's nothing wrong with that. I believe the, you know, Proverb says, you know, man plans his steps or plans his way, and the Lord directs his steps. But, gosh, sometimes we just get stuck in a rut. Yep. You know, we're just doing the same things, and the Lord's saying, hey, you need to shake this up a little bit. You need to step on over here. You need to go over there. Yep. And, you know, you've obviously done that uh, super well. Uh, you know, Chris Musgrove, one of our mutual friends. Yep. You know, they obviously have traveled a lot as a family in ministry, and he said, my kids may not know their home address, but they know their license plate number. I that's thought hilarious.
1: that's pretty cool, isn't it? You know, um, I was studying in the very beginning. I, I was reading after Hudson Taylor from England, and his um, he had a heart to go to China, and he actually lived in a, a reasonably wealthy family, if it was you know middle class, upper middle class, And he said, if I'm going to go to China on my own, and back then they didn't have internet, they didn't have, I don't even think they had newsletters or banking systems, whatever. He actually said, I'm going to move across country or across the city so that I'm not spoiled by my family or uh, overtaken, you know, too sati- satiated with life. Hmm. And uh, one of the things his, his mom wanted him to eat three meals a day. And he goes, I want to eat two meals a day because I don't know what it's going to be like in China. So he practiced walking in faith in his it's local crazy. city. And his mom said this, he goes, I'm, I I don't want you to starve He goes, I'm not going to starve off two meals. So he said, mom, if you, if you can't cooperate with me on these meals, I'm going to move out of the house and what he did is he goes i'm going to learn to walk by faith in my safe environment so then so when i get crazy, over there man. then Ooh, i can learn all right that down then i can learn hey cuz if mm. i'm only eating two meals a day in china and i'm used to eating three meals a day in in england how am i going to i'll be hungry all the time so he goes i'm going to train my body beforehand but we were taught by the man we call our mentor he said the number one school of the holy spirit is usually finances because where your treasure is, Jesus said, there your heart will be also. So, first, he's gonna teach you with your pocketbook. He really, that's what we were taught. First, he's gonna teach you with your pocketbook. If you can't obey with your pocketbook, how are you gonna jump on a plane to fly across the world dude, and go tell somebody about Jesus?
0: That's powerful, yeah. bro. I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down right now. I, dude. I'm, I'm hoping. Hey, you know what? Wow. Those two little things there were powerful, bro. Well, and that's... that's Learning to trust God in an environment where you have the freedom to exercise your faith, not having, like, extreme amounts of pressure. Desperation. Because that makes things, you know, if you can trust God in the good, you could probably trust Him in the bad, like what you're saying. Wow, Wow, that's powerful, man. Um, I'm getting this right now. Uh, And, you know, Laura and I have been talking a lot about this, and we're going to wrap this up in just a second, but Laura and I have been talking about... Using, learning to use your faith or develop your faith when you're not in a an urgent or a catastrophic situation. For yep. example, with with sickness and disease. Yep. Most people try to use their faith or develop their faith when they get some kind of a terminal diagnosis. When they're in crisis. In a crisis. And it's like, I don't know if this is true. I've heard people quote this. Smith Wigglesworth, famous evangelist, said that when you need faith, You try to get faith when you need faith, you're too late. Meaning this, try to develop or start developing your faith ahead of time before you're in any kind of a terrible situation. So Laura and I have been doing this. We've been developing our faith year after year after year. Being able to believe God, trust God for money, trust God for simple physical ailments like a cold or a you know, whatever, you know, sore throat. If you can't believe God for to heal a sore throat, you're not going to be able to believe him for cancer yeah. or whatever, you know, sicknesses are out there. You know, believing God through all this COVID stuff to be healthy and to be protected, and even if symptoms come on your body, believe God that, you know, for healing and receive it, and we've done that time and time again. So now when more serious, potentially serious mm-hmm. things come across— Uh, your faith's already developed and you know how to use it. Man,
1: that's powerful. And gosh, faith. I mean, just in general, using your faith. Well, let me share this one last thing is when I taught sports, I taught windsurfing in Hawaii. I taught surfing. I taught snowboarding. I taught I um, skiing, I taught air chair, I drove a boat in the south of France, and I used to teach, I was sitting down with a friend of mine, and I said, when you're learning to do a wheelie on a motorcycle, how many times does it take you before you have ownership of that move? And to the, the banter between the two of us was like it takes him 200 times of successfully accomplishing a maneuver before he has, he has ownership of it. Yeah. Now, how many times it takes you to do that? Maybe a 1,000, I don't know. Yeah. And, and then he says, then in a crisis period, if you're learning to do a free throw, in a crisis period, you know you have a pretty good chance of making it. And so I, I was teaching for a while. I still teach it. You know, 200 times that you could successfully complete that maneuver in a crisis period. And skiing would be a parallel dynamic turn, whatever it is. And one time I was talking to the Lord. I said, um, when, when am I going to get to the other side where I can trust you in every, every situation. And the Lord like spoke back to me and he was like, you teach, not like this is truth. You teach it takes 200 times before you have ownership of a move where you successfully complete it. Maybe it takes a thousand, maybe it takes 10,000. And the Lord says, are you willing to allow me to take you on 200 faith trips to where you know what to do, when the crisis hits or the challenge Mm. hits and you know immediately say, my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, or you've got the answer to this. And, And I told him, I said, I know I can trust you because of what I did before as an unbeliever. I know you could get me to any city and you could meet the person a week ago in Malibu. I ran into a guy and I was at a Bible study two hours later at his house movie star and I'm sitting and they're having me share two hours later but I said I will be willing to follow you and he said Are you allow, will you allow me to take you on 200 faith trips and there's times where I'm doing a faith adventure and I say did that count for one faith trip or was that five faith trips I gotta believe awesome, God for right? finances I gotta believe God for the people to meet I gotta and so I the thing about it is I think we should be proactively developing our faith that mm. he can use us to reach places that nobody wants to go as an evangelist. It's powerful, bro. I I
0: love it, dude, 200. You know, man, if you're listening today, if you made it this far, I would summarize this by saying, good God, get out, get a word from God and go do something. Yep. I mean, go, who cares if you fail? I mean, you gotta get out there and do something. You know, most people, I've been guilty of this, you, you learn and learn, Cliff, churches all over the world are filled with people yep. that have heard sermon after sermon after sermon. I'm talking hundreds if not thousands of sermons and they've never done one of them. Yeah, Because we've gotten in a, in a in a posture of, I'm just gonna hear a message and I'm gonna go back to my life. Yep. No, you gotta get a word from God and you gotta go do it. Yep. Otherwise, you have no faith. Yep. The, the scripture says that, I'm sorry, you, ha- you may have faith, but it's dead faith, yep. right, according to scripture. Faith that's not exercised does not grow. If you want to have strong faith, you gotta you gotta grow it. You gotta step out. Yep, you gotta yep. do it. You gotta practice it. Are you gonna fail? Yes. P- Cliff, people, I've seen this in pastoring the church and being in, in church life for 25 years. People come to God when they're sick. Yep. They their their loved one does not receive healing. Worst case scenario, they pass away. Yep then they never try to believe God again for anything because they said this, God didn't answer my prayer. God didn't hear me. Faith in God doesn't work. No, you jumped in on a a high level of faith that you didn't have. You failed, and that's okay. And what the Lord taught me through a lot of these experiences, get back up and do it again. Yep, yep, yep. 200 times. 200 times. The more you do it, the better at believing God you're going to be. Successfully
1: accomplished 200 times.
0: (laughs) Most people, they get... Um, one strike, two strike, three strikes, they're out. Yep. They're not going to try to believe God again. But here's the deal. God's faithful. Yep. God's word is true. Yep. And the more you practice stepping out, going through the yep. what you're talking about, the motions yep. of learning the skill set of how to live by faith, the, the stronger and more reliable your faith will be. And if you get in those particular situations that are you very know what to difficult, do. you are know already what to do. trained. It's like Babe Ruth sitting at the yep. plate. Whoever a modern day yep. baseball player is, some famous baseball player sitting at the plate. He's been there a million times. Yep. Yep. He's experienced. That's yep. why you want like a Kobe Bryant yep. in the championship. Yep. It's down to the wire. Three, two, up. He's already he's already done that a yep. hundreds of Steph times. Curry, right? Somebody like the that. The whole everybody. Yep. Yep. The point is, you can do that with your faith. You can do that. With your faith, boy, I could preach right now. Help me, slang that mic around. All right, Ryan's looking bored over there, so we're gonna wrap this podcast up. Hey, yes. it took us a while to get warmed up there, but I think we got somewhere with it didn't that. Take me any no, I, it took me a little while to get <laughs> warmed up. Okay, uh, okay. Don't touch me. Okay, don't love pat you. me unless I'm on fire. I love you, don't brother. Don't pat me unless I'm on fire. <laughs> Cliff, thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, you know, man, you got me into something just then. I, I'm, I'm, I'm entertaining uh, maybe having you on another podcast. I got, a, I got a good subject. Let's do it. On uh, some, uh, how these high-level people actually accomplish stuff. So, Let's uh, do it. Hey, I hope you got something out of this. I know I sure did. Uh, uh, hey, man, we'll see you real soon. God bless you. Bye.